We've been speaking of Jeremiah. We have uh, been visiting and, and hearing all what he has to say. And um, While you're turning in Jeremiah 18, put your finger there, but we're also going to look at, um, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19. And we're going to read verse 5 and 6 there too. In just a moment. Keep your finger there. Put a put your bulletin there. But Exodus chapter 19. Verse 5 and 6. Alright, let's stand as we read Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18 verses 1 through 6. 1 through 6. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will announce my words to you. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something on the wheel. But the vessel that he was making of clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he remade it in another vessel, as it pleased the potter to make. Verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hands, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. You may be seated. You may be seated. We've been talking about Jeremiah and his message to the people, um, to these Israelites. They have been, because of some bad political things, the reigns of these bad kings, they've been led down a path of idolatry. They've been led down a path of, of just whatever you feel like doing, do it. And that has gone on for many, 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 many generations, decades. And so Jeremiah is the walking down the streets, if you want to say that, and preaching this gospel of repent, God's fixing to destroy you. Um, if you'll turn over to Exodus chapter 19, I was telling you, what brought all this on? Um, when God was, uh, they were in the middle of the desert, they were middle of the wilderness, God spoke to Moses, and God spoke to the people. And this is what he said. Look at 19, 5 and 6. God told Moses this on Mount Sinai when he was giving him the Ten Commandments. This is part of what God said. This is what they said. Now then, verse 5 of 19, Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, then you shall be mine own possession among all the people, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. What God was telling Moses then, and what's happened here, if you'll obey me, if you'll follow me, you'll never have a worry as far as political, as far as if you'll just do what I say. Things will come against you, but you've got me. All right? You've got me. They, that was a promise back in Exodus. So we flip over back to Jeremiah chapter 18, and we see where that's going down south. They have done their own thing, and time and time and time and time again. Remember we talked about Jonah last week, where they had turned their... Jonah went down the street and... Um, uh, told the basically to repent or God's going to destroy you. 
God will do everything he can to bring people back. God will do everything. God will put you flat on your back with the worst disease on earth to get your attention. If that's what it takes, not because he hates you, it's because he loves you that much. God speaks the loudest when we're flat on our back sometimes. I've seen it happen, and you have too. You have too. Sometimes God speaks in a whisper, and that's all it takes. Chapter 18, Jeremiah. Um, he said, Jeremiah, I want you to go down to the potter's house, and I want you to watch what happens. i got a message for you. And basically that's exactly what happened. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I'll announce my words to you. So I went down to the potter's house, and where he was making something on the wheel. I've told Mitzi, and she knows that when we retire, if I live that long, when I retire, I'm going to get me a potter's wheel. And what I want to do is I want to go around to churches and do a visual lesson on the potter and the clay. I saw it done while I was in college. Um, the art teacher at North Greenville's name was Jim Craft. Isn't that a great name for art teacher? Jim Craft. <laughs> Jim Craft. Um, kind of like Ken Bible is a preacher, you know, Jim Craft. So he sat down and did this in our, our chapel service and, and just basically started from the beginning and made this vessel. And the whole time he was making it, he was talking through the potter and the clay. Powerful. Such a powerful imagery this. So I told Mitzi that when I retire, in between my camper in Lake Cherokee, not Lake Cherokee, but Cherokee River, um, we're going to park our camper up there and go up there a lot when I retire. But in between that, when I come back home, I'll go around to churches and do this. Um, but we uh, we laugh about that. But what I want to talk to you now about this potter and the clay thing, the potter and the clay. Um, we've talked several weeks now about God makes things for a purpose. Some things he makes for a grand purpose. Some things he makes for a common purpose, we would call it. And me and Mitzi were talking tonight um, on our way to church that maybe that's not the best word to use. And, and let me tell you what I mean by that. By human, humanness, our humanness puts rank on everything, right? We, we say that, um, um, you know, everything's best or worst. It, it's a, it's a rank. And, and by you being a, you know, president of the United States is more important than you who works at, uh, Medicaid office. Um, just because of our position. In God's eyes, that's not so. And I hope you realize when I say that, that um, God's made me for a purpose. He's made the president for a purpose. And our job is to follow his purpose. And if we follow the purpose that God's created for us and for you, then we're both on equal ground. We're both on equal ground. Remember, he makes, things, he makes people for special situations. We talked about um, Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War, you know, could anybody else have done what he did to hold a, a country together? Could, um, in, the, in the biblical realm, remember Queen Esther um, for such a time as this, could anybody else have done what she did for the, the Hebrew children to save them? Um, it, it, he makes people for certain times, but yet they have a purpose. He has us a purpose, and we're going to talk some more about that. But we're going to talk about the pattern. Let me show you some stuff.
Um, it doesn't say what the potter was making, but it does give some, some, uh, I have some very valuable items in my hand. I'm going to bring my chair up because I'm going to put them down. Um, as I've been studying this and I've been looking at of my, my future career as a potter, um, about clays and, and, you know, that kind of thing. It takes, we talk about, first thing you gotta have is clay, right? We know that clay is, we're made out of clay. God tells us, the Bible tells us that out of a clay we were formed, out of clay we'll return. Dirt, ashes to ashes kind of thing. We, we start out with clay. Um, different clays make different things. Alright? Different clays make different things. So you gotta kind of figure out what you want to make in order to get the right kind of clay. For example, this is just a common flower pot, all right? Just a red clay um, kind of material, very porous, very porous. What happens if you set it in in 95-degree heat in the summer with a flower in it? What are you going to have to do? Water it every day. It doesn't hold water well, does it? Even if it didn't have holes in the bottom, you'd have to water it because this is very porous. Very poor stuff. It wouldn't do to catch rainwater in this, would it? Even if it didn't have a hole in the bottom, because that's not the purpose. The purpose for this kind of stuff, this earthenware, if you will, is to breathe, to let uh, air get in and let air get out. When you make one of these, I have learned, there's a certain kind of clay you use. It looks like the clay in my yard. Uh, when you dig into my garden, it's this color. Uh, but... When you, it, it's a red clay and, and think of, um, of, uh, you know, the, I think of Southwest when I pick up one of these things for some reason. Everything's kind of reddish down there too. But we got the, we got just a regular flower pot. Did you know that different temperatures, it matters. You, you, we have what we're going to talk about firing in just a minute, but to get a flower pot, there's certain degrees. It's, it can't be too hot or too cold. It's got to be just the right temperature for the baking process. Otherwise, it won't it won't do well. It won't do well. So that's one thing we got. Um, when I was in seminary in Louisville, we lived just right around the corner from the Hadley Pottery Company in Louisville, Kentucky. The big deal about the Hadley Pottery Company is they did a lot of this blue. Um, they made their own stuff, but they would had a the Hadleys, the people who founded it, had certain designs, very rustic, very, um, very. If I see one, I know it because I've I've I lived there for a while. But I wanted to show you this is not painted. This is the color of their clay they use. All of their clay is this whitish gray color. It's got a glaze on it to shine it up, but as far as just the plain color of the clay this is the color this is they're known for that i don't know if this comes off the ohio river where louisville is located or exactly where they get it i would assume it's probably far since it's you know over a century old they probably didn't have a go really far to get it however if you're on the ohio river which is a big river lots of trade comes down through there so maybe they got it from other places but this i wanted to give you just an idea of of um a different thought process. One other thing that um, wanted to show you: this um, this was really made by a potter, Mitzi's childhood friend. 
um, is an art teacher today. And when we got married, she made us this bow, a bow with her own hand, so it's precious to us, just because every time we use it, we think of her. But um, you see the glazing, and she's decorated and all this. But you see the bottom is the true color of the clay that she used. It holds water. You know, she's got the glaze inside to hold the water, but if you run your fingers across the bottom, it's real porous. It, it's uh, it's rough. It's not real smooth, but it's got a purpose, right? Mitzi said, um, was coming over here, she said, if you wanted mashed potatoes, which is the more valuable piece? You know, this or this? Well, if I wanted to grow a flower, which is the more valuable piece to me? This or this? You know, if I put a flower in this, what would happen? It waterlog and die, right? It wouldn't. It it just wasn't made for that purpose. And we'll talk about my very valuable pot in just a minute. My very valuable pot in just a minute. Um, so, you see, each of these three things, they're made with different clays, just like you. We're all different. If you look around at your neighbors, if you think about the people you live with, I think about my children, how... They're made with the same genes, the same parents, everything's the same, but I have four different children. And one set of twins, and they're as different as, they're the most different of them all. You know, they came out at the same time, fed at the same time, changed at the same time, went to school at the same time. Very much the same, but so different. So different. That's the way God makes us. You have a purpose, I have a purpose, they have a purpose. Um, the if you look in verse 4 as he was making this vessel the vessel he was making of clay spoiled in the hand of the potter some versions say marred in the hand of the potter so as he was making this precious vessel whatever it was it doesn't go in to say what it was something happened and he was not able to finish the process but instead of throwing this clay away, he made something else out of it. He molded it. He made it into exactly what he wanted it to be. My Jim Craft story, my art teacher from North Greenville, as he was making, he made this vase, and it was tall, and it was looking good. But he said, let me show you what happens when sin gets in our lives. So he took out a small rock. And I guess it was as big as my thumb, I guess, the end of my thumb. And it was the smallest of rocks compared to the vessel. But he put that in the middle of his clay, and he made this vase out of this, with this rock inside. And as he was making this vase, it got almost done, and the part where the rock was in the clay caused the whole thing just to collapse. The whole thing collapsed on him. And it was the most interesting, that has stayed with me all this time. That's what sin does to our hearts and lives. The purpose can't be finished until we get that out. That's, it's a, it's a, uh, it was true then and it's true now. It's true with the Israelites. God could not finish his purpose with them. He couldn't take them where he wanted to go as long as they wanted to do their things and worship what they wanted to worship. No different with us. No different with us. The potter deems what he needs you to be. You don't have a choice. Say again, Mark. What, what are you talking about? The potter makes up the mind what vessel you're to be. 
the potter makes the mind up what tells you what you're supposed to be. It's our job to find it, to find that purpose. It's our job to find that purpose. But I want to do my thing. Well, you know, that's what happened to Israel. They wanted to do their thing. They wanted to do their thing. And what happened? They're fixing to be destroyed and plowed under. That's the difference. Why is it so important? Because God knows the master plan. We just see today. We just see yesterday. God sees tomorrow. And he knows exactly what he's doing. But as the potter, as the potter was making this clay, something happened and he had to just take it and remake it again. That's what God was telling about the Israelites. He said, um, I have made you for this particular purpose and you failed. You're fixing me piled under. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take your destruction. I'm going to turn it into good. What? He destroyed the people and they're good. Remember, there's always going to be a remnant. There's always a remnant because if there wasn't a remnant, then Jesus couldn't have been born. Remember? Um, I guess he could, but you know what I'm saying. It, the bloodline's going to stay because there's always a remnant of people. And when we get over to the birth of Jesus Christ, you see they're still there. They're still there. It's a remnant. They're not a country anymore. Remember, they're under Roman rule at that time. They're not, it's not the, what it could have been. It's not what it could have been. Which brings me to my very important pot. This is probably my most valuable piece up here. Um, you see, this pot has been well used. Well used. I want to say this came from my grandmother. I want to say that. Because she used anything to death. If y'all know anybody in the Great Depression era, they, they used their stuff. And just because they want a different one, there's the only reason you get rid of something if it was broke. And then they try to fix it. You know that. Um, but this particular pot, we don't cook in this. <laughs> we do not cook in this. And if you look inside, you see it's black. <laughs> we don't cook in this. But you look at the bottom, and somebody did event, uh, in the past. But you see the handle's a little loose. But what this pot is used for, I keep it outside next to my rain barrel. And I got it near the porch, so I dip into my rain barrel and I pour it all over the porch and my pots, my flowers, whatever in the yard, to keep, especially in days like we've had this past few, a couple of weeks, when the heat's so bad. Because remember, what happens? You gotta water them every day. So, you think, well, why is that important? Well, if I didn't have this, then I'd have to have something else. But this is just the perfect size. It doesn't drown them. It's, it's plenty. It lasts two or three days, and I have to go do it again. But it's the perfect size. I've used it for another purpose, and it fulfills the other purpose. Is it being used for its potential? No. It was made to cook things in. It was made to prepare food. But you see, those days are past. Those days have passed and come and gone. If you feel it, it's got lumps on the bottom. It's got. Um, it's not smooth anymore. It's kind of been flattened out a little bit. Um, it's it's no good for, to cooking anymore, unless you were really, really, really desperate. But um, fortunately, we hadn't been that desperate. But this, for the purpose that it serves now, it's wonderful. Uh, it's the perfect size. It's the perfect handle. Dip it in, pour it in. It works fine. That's what he did with, with Israel. He said, you know, the, the intent purpose was to use you for your glory, for my glory. But I'm going to still get the glory. 
I'm just going to make it a different into something different. And that's what he did with Israel. He said, I'm going to use this for good. How is it used for good? Well, here we are um, about 2,500 years later still talking about it, still trying to get people to get in line with what God wants to do. How's that good, Mark? We've learned from them, I hope. Have you? We've learned from these people. And as we live our lives daily, we see what happens when people turn their backs on God and walk away. The destruction that comes. Is that for good? It's it's taught me. It's made a difference in my life. And I hope it's made a difference in your life. Tonight, we've been talking about our... uh, the potter and the clay, the potter and the clay. Um, look at verse verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does? Declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. We talked last week about um, cisterns versus wells and versus uh, the fountain of living water. How so many have given in to, I have, I have what I need. It's an inch deep, but it's still water. It's just as good as your flowing water in your fountain. And we talked about how that's so convoluted. That's so, why would you get, why would you, trade the fountain of living water, Jesus Christ, for a a cistern of old, dried-up water, mud-filled, an inch deep. Why would we do that? Why would we do that? Well, because when you walk out these doors, the world tells us it's okay. The world tells us you don't have to, you know, if you you talk about Jesus in the workplace, you're a Jesus freak. If you, if you, um, have Jesus stuff on your bumper stickers, you're one of those people. You know, if you pray before your meals in public, you're one of those people. Um, The church is no longer the culture. Forty, fifty years ago, the church was the culture. You went to church, you went to uh, school, everybody you went to school with, schools were community-wide, so everybody you went to school with was in your Sunday school class, and you knew their parents, and it was a a very much a different world than what we live in today. Um, but you know, it's, it's a subtle thing. Remember the first thing, um, prayer came out of schools. Just a subtle thing. What, just a subtle thing. And I wonder, Madeline Murray O'Hare, the lady who uh, started all that, and y'all have heard that name before, um, I wonder what happened in her life or what, what the first time Satan whispered in her ear. Can you believe they're praying in school? I wonder what was that first, thought that went that first time and, and I have never heard I just wondered um, and here we sit and the results of it and, and Mac has said and, and I agree that they'll never take God out of school because our kids take him with them every day and I'm thankful for that but um, that reinforcement I told y'all about Daisy Dean Cleveland and and how we got a Bible and we learned scripture and that was first grade 1976 and 7 um, so we learned all that then, and here we are, you know, so many years later, and it's, it's so different. But um, as we close, I want, I want you to think about this, and I want you to understand what I'm saying. We're created for a purpose, 
and we we know that, and we're thankful for that. But we we I want you to think about what is my purpose? What is my purpose? Why am I here? Well, let me let me give you the reason you're here. Let me give you number one: everybody's purpose, whether you, whether you realize your talents or not. Everybody's purpose is to worship God, to love God, to serve God. That's why you were created. That's your purpose. All right? That's your purpose. But the next step, um, now that I do that, now that I know that, how am I going to do that? Is it by serving children in Tanzania? Is it by working a good news club? Is it by being the sheriff of Oconee County? Is it by being the Medicaid worker? What, what has God called you to do? What is it God called you to do? It, there's a purpose. And I hope you find that purpose. As I look out at the um, congregation, me and Mike have talked about this. I don't know how Kenny does this. I really don't. Um, he's done it for many, many years, and I haven't. But I feel such a burden. I feel such a burden. I I, I want to do the right thing. I want to to... You know, give the word as good as I know how, but I feel such a burden that um, every word matters. Every word that I say matters. Every song that I sing matters. And it's so much different. I feel a responsibility for y'all that I never felt as a musician, and as the music side. I've never felt that. Um, the pastor at Return, um, he and I are, are dear friends, and some days I would just have to literally push him out that side door. We would come out the side door every Sunday. The choir would march in. We'd come out the side door. I literally had to push him out there some Sundays because of the burden on his heart for those people. He's like, I can't stand up there and look at them again. I can't do this. And I'm like, we got to. That's what we're called to do. So he comes out and, and the message is clear and plain. But as I look at these vessels and the purpose God created for them, I look at so many of you and so many in the morning service and so many that I come in contact with at work. Their potential, their, it's a potential thing, but the purpose is just not there. Um, so much has gotten in the way of serving God, loving God, worshiping God. It's That's down on their list. You know, first priority could be uh, work, job, Clemson Tigers, Gamecocks, whatever you want to put ahead of God is your idol. Israel's gave us a lesson. Israel has gave us a lesson. You saw from Exodus to Jeremiah all the times they followed God, all the times that they led God, they obeyed God, that obedience factor was there, how God blessed them how God worked through them. Was it peaceful always? No, they had to go to war sometimes. They had to go to war sometimes. But they still had to do it. These pieces up here, how do they get to be where they are? They have to go through the fire. They have to go through the fire. The flower pot, it's, it's heated at the lowest temperature of the three. It's at the lowest temperature. These two over here, more utilitarian, more day-to-day stuff, um, higher temperatures. 
You know what the hottest temperature is? The hottest? 2,600 degrees. 2,600. You think 91's hot. 2,600 degrees. Um, and there's different firing methods. I told y'all I studied this week about kilns. You do. There's wood. There's electricity. There's gas-powered. Each produces a different glaze, a different color, whatever the, the potter's looking for. And this day is probably more fire, just fire and wood. Um, but the hottest, that 2,600, you know what is cooked at 2,600 degrees? Porcelain. Porcelain. You know, toilets, bathtubs, sinks, the um, things on the telephone wire, what do you call those? Insulator, insulators. Porcelain. When's the last time you broke a toilet? When's the last time one of those insulators fell off on your head? I didn't mean stop it up. I said, when's the last time you broke it? <laughs> the hottest, the hottest, the hottest fire, the hottest processing is the strongest material. The hottest process. Are you going to go through the fire? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the funny thing is, God doesn't put you through the hottest fire at first. He kind of works you up to it. But it still burns. It's hard. It's so hard. But when you get to the other side, when you get to the other side, look at what He's made out of you. How much better we are. How much stronger we are. It's through the fire that the, tri- that the tests come. But it's through that fire that he makes the most beautiful things. Um, porcelain. Y'all ever have not just toilets and things, but they make fine art, fine delicate things out of porcelain. Uh, and it's a color. It's a color thing. Uh, white. They don't have to paint any of that. That's just beauty right there. The hottest. James, I'm going to ask you to come. Would you leave the invitation for me? is we have a little invitation. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. As we stand and as we sing. God.